0: Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
1: The Spirit of God will intercede on your behalf. Listen, my friend, living in a spirit of prayer keeps your prayer life from being ineffective. Did you get that? Living in a spirit of prayer keeps your prayer life from being ineffective. Uh, living in a spirit of prayer, praying in your thoughts, Praying verbally, praying quietly, uh, praying as you come, praying as you go, living in the spirit of prayer. When you are controlled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will move you to pray uh, as he leads you and guides you in the activities of life. You will be able to pray your way through those things. Uh, B, uh, what prevents believers from possessing a powerful prayer life? an inability to integrate the word of God in your prayers, an inability to integrate the word of God in your prayers. Colossians chapter three, verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. When you are rich, when you are in, in the word of God, your, your, your life, your mind, your inner being is saturated with the word of God. Therein lies wisdom. The word of God uh, endows you with wisdom to live life wisely in a wicked world filled with satanic booby traps. The word When the word of God dwells in you richly, when your life is rich with the word of God, there will be a natural outflow of integration of scripture in your prayers. Did you get that? When your life is rich with the word of God, there will be a natural outflow of integration of Scripture in your prayers. The most powerful thing you can do is pray the Word of God. Now, you cannot pray the Word of God if you do not know the Word of God. And if you want to know the Word of God, you've got to pick up the book and read the Word of God. You have to meditate on the Word of God. You've got to chew the Word of God. You have to internalize the Word of God. You have to implement the Word of God. And when you're in it that much, when you pray the Word of God, will naturally, you, you'll start praying the Word the word and, and and the word will just naturally be an outflow of your prayer life because you're so much in the word of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. See uh, uh, what prevents believers from possessing a powerful prayer life. Unconfessed sins in the lives of believers prevent them from possessing a powerful prayer life. Unconfessed sins in the lives of believers prevent them from possessing a powerful prayer life. I love that passage in Psalm 66, 18 from the New Living Translation. I like the way it it couches it. It says, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. The, the, The word sin interferes with your prayer life. A sinful lifestyle short circuits the power of God in your life. You know, you can't be cussing, and you can't be acting a fool, and you, and you can't be a person of bad character and reputation and then expect God to, to give you a powerful uh, prayer life. Your life has to be aligned with the Word of God. Your life has to be holy before God. Your life has to be purged by the blood of Jesus Christ. Confessing your sins is so critical if you want power in your prayer life. Uh, D, a lack of faith keeps believers from having a powerful prayer life. A lack of faith keeps believers from having a powerful prayer life. James chapter one, verse six says, but let him ask in faith. Ask in faith with no doubting. You know, you you actually defeat your praying before God if you're doubting what you pray with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. My friend, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's amazing we exercise faith uh, more in this world system than we do in the God of our salvation and the God who created us and saved us and made us. And some of you exercise your faith on your brakes. You just drive and then you uh, you ride on the bumper because you just believe you can just stop in the nick of time. Faith in the brakes. You know, then you, there's a bridge that's curving, it's going all the way up and all. You don't even think about, well, what, will, that be, will that bridge kind of crumble when I get to the very top? You just go on and you still listening to your music and stuff. You, go on, you don't even think about it. You get on that plane and they t- you don't even know the pilot's name don't know their name, don't, don't know the instruments. You, you, you didn't. Have, how many of you ever asked a pilot for his certification papers? You just get on You just get on there, do what they tell you to do. It's amazing how you can get on that elevator and you punch the 55th floor and you go up there and uh, there's a nice ride you come back down. Don't even think about until it just bumps or make a little jack. Then all of a sudden you jump. Uh, I I wonder if we had that much faith in God how much stronger would the church be oh what, what could we do if we had that kind of faith to the glory of God we can move mountains that's right, that's right. We, 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 we can do mighty things in this nation. Christians would rise up. As a matter of fact, America would take note that we, would, we, we have been with Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Christians would turn this nation upside down to the glory of God. They wouldn't know what to do with us if we exercised that kind of faith. Oh, a lack of faith keep believers from having a powerful prayer life, my friend. Listen. E bitterness diminishes the power of prayer in a believer's life. Bitterness diminishes the power of prayer in a believer's life. Hebrews twelve fifteen B says, "Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Bitterness is poisonous. It will poison your your life. It will defile your life. Look, and it says, corrupted many. When you all messed up because of bitterness, you know what you do? You mess." Everybody around you up. Mess up your children because you're a bitter mother, bitter mother, bitter father. You're, 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 you're bitter sister. Mess up your family because you're a bitter sibling over something that happened back in childhood. Some people holding stuff back from 1980, and you still, you act like it happened just yesterday. You can't laugh. You can't enjoy life. When people laugh, you look at them saying, what's so funny? Or, 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 or they not. People shouldn't be joining you in your bitterness. If you're gonna be miserable, I'm gonna let you be miserable by yourself. Life is too short for me to, to, to be miserable with you. I'm not gonna be your misery company. What y'all say, amen? <laughs> bitterness, you gotta get rid of it. It will destroy you, it will sap the life out of you, It sap the motivation. Uh, You can't think straight. It clouds your your mind. You you, you, you become dysfunctional. You, You can't see with clarity in the spiritual realm because of bitterness. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Bitterness will trouble you, corrupting not only you, but those around you. What makes bitterness so dangerous is that if it is allowed to fester, it poisons your life and defile those around you. F, dishonoring one's spouse will hinder the power of prayer in your life, in the believer's life. Dishonoring your spouse will hinder the power of prayer in the life of believers. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. It didn't say should. It said must. Now, some of y'all, you know, some of y'all want to do selective reading, but you need to read the whole counsel of God. Underline must, must. And it goes vice versa. A husband should be honoring wives. Wives should be honoring husband. And that makes for unity in marriage before the children. I I declare that Satan's doing a, a job on families and uh, there, there's a great disintegration of the family. Uh, children are dysfunctional because the parents are dysfunctional. You got, uh, the, the, the kids are ED, emotionally disturbed because the parents are emotionally disturbed, hollering and screaming all over the house. It, uh, I mean, did, uh, texting each other because you don't want to talk to each other. Text, text, text nothing. Talk and speak in love. Amen? And honor one another. Do you want me to fix your sandwich for lunch? Uh, do you? Would you like me to wash the dishes? Um, um, I'll, 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 what do you need me to do? You know, just make yourself available. Ask your wife: uh, Does she need you to go to the store? What would you like me to buy? What would you like me to buy you? Matter of fact, buy her something she's not expecting. What about a blessed surprise? Because it's not Valentine's Day. Oh, look how quiet it's getting in here. Look how quiet it's getting. It's icy in here. Oh, you ought to honor one another. Speak calmly what what you want. I told you that yesterday. How many times am I going to tell you that? Every time you go to the store, you forget something. Come on. Lighten up. Stop being so bossy. Don't, don't be a spouse your family have to put up with. <laughs> Love is patient. That means you may have to say it again in a nicer way. Sometimes it's not just what you say, it's how you say what you say. And sometimes you've been married so long you take your spouse for granted, but they could be gone tonight. How many husbands and wives and children have died in the midst of unforgiveness and bitterness? It's terrible. That's why they crying and hollering and screaming and trying to get in the casket. Well, <laughs> yes, sir. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Wives, you honor your husband. Let him be the head. And don't you be the neck that twists the head. Treat your wives with understanding as you live together in the unity of the spirit. Your children need to look at that. I don't care how spiritual, let's have a Bible study and they just hear you fussing and fighting. Put the Bible down. You, you're just shaming the Bible. God don't care about your theology if you can't say good morning. Get so mad at your spouse, she's praying, you won't even say amen. Well, I mean, come on. What, what Bible study? You, need, you might need transformation of salvation. She may be weaker than you are i look at this too this goes all over the place but i i believe god, god has made us uh, uh, uh physically in our physicality uh as uh, as men stronger than our wives physically and i know there are some exceptions with some of these women of some of these women can just do some strange things with their they strong but no but normatively most men can can lift some things and put some things and and they can handle some weight and some pressure that the woman, because your bodies are not the same. They are made to complement one another to the glory of God. Amen? You know, so I I have weaknesses, your wife, the the husband have weaknesses, the the wife have weaknesses, and our strengths should complement the other Uh, to the glory of God. Know when to speak. Know when to be quiet. Realize that uh, the, the woman is the weaker vessel. And that means also she's a little more emotional and she, she'll remember things a little bit longer. She'll process things a little bit longer. Well, y'all know, I'm, y'all laughing because I'm telling the truth. She don't forget. Even when she's forgiven, she might forgive. But no, thank you, Holy Ghost. Just because you forgive don't mean you forget. Oh, so well, I forgave you, I forgot it. No, she didn't forget and she didn't forget. It just, she's forgiven to the point that even when she remembers it, it doesn't bother her anymore. It doesn't make her stomach churn. She don't look at you cross-eyed, you know, and all of that, you know. Uh, so so that, that's what it means. And, and, uh, and, 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 and you know what? Wise is the husband that knows when to speak, when to, when to be quiet, and also to know how much to tell your wife. There are certain things in the spirit, God didn't want me to tell my wife because she can't handle that. She can't handle that. And I know if I tell her certain things, when are we talking like, you say, oh, you hold a lot of secrets from your wife. No, that's not true. I tell her a whole lot. But in the wisdom of the spirit, God lets me know what to say, what not to say, and when to wait on him. Because if I say it, it can do more damage than if I just trusted the Lord and just be quiet and let him do the work. Am I, am I, are y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? Oh, God, help me. Uh, But but she is your equal partner. She's not less than you. And in in God's gift of a new life, look what it says. Treat her as you should, as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. You're not threatening your wife. You all not have, a, you all not walk around because uh, you're upset. You're going to uh, go sleep on the couch or go sleep in the guest bedroom because, you know, well, you, you, didn't, you didn't do things according to my expectation. Don't touch me tonight. You know, and all that kind of stuff. Y'all looking at me, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, you know, I'm on television and live stream, so I I'm not going any far, but you know, I, you, know don't, you don't play games that way. You don't deprive that man like that, you know. And uh, that's how the devil really gets in it. I don't care how big, what kind of little fight y'all had, if it even's a big fight, y'all get in that same bed. That's right. As a matter of fact, you need to p- repent before you go to sleep because one of y'all might not wake up. Do I have amen? Say amen through those masks. Say amen again through those masks. My wife and I have been married 42 years. We've been in the same bed. We're not going, I don't, no, no. We, have we agreed all the time? No, nobody's going, they lie. We had a perfect marriage and we've never had a disagreement. Everything been sugary spice. I don't care what it is, but we're going to go in that bed and we're going to sleep and we're going to snore and slob all down the side of our face. That's right. We're going to the same bedroom we're not going to be fighting and all even if, if there is a disagreement. And you're fighting ought to not be eternal. And, when, and, and learn to deal with one issue at a time. Don't pile on. Oh, by the way, since we're fighting, let me tell you this. Now, wait a minute. Hold it. That's too much. That's too much. You get perfect memory in a fight. Slow down. Slow down. One issue at a time. And anyway, we got to fix this right now. Well, you might not fix it right now. It takes time. And know when to ask for help and know when to ask for biblical counseling. It says, treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. You can't get your prayers through to God if you mistreating your husband or if you mistreating your wife and talking about our father, I know you love me. He said, but I don't love that stinky behavior of yours. Don't you pray to me. How are you going to love me and you can't see me and you're mistreating your wife that you, that you live with every day? He said, get it right with your wife. Then come pray to me. Then come pray to me. Don't talk to me right now. I'm not listening to you. Your prayers won't even go to the room. Matter of fact, it won't even go, get to the lights. G. Uh, Power in prayer. Being unaware of Satan's strategies uh, diminishes your power in prayer. Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the devil's strategies. The devil has strategies. They are innumerable. You say, how many does he have? Too many to count. But I want to give you a few of them just to wake you up and realize that devil is a busy devil and you can see him working once your eyes have been illuminated and enlightened. So what are some of the devil's strategies? Just give you a few. This is not a comprehensive list by no means. Well, the devil seeks to get believers to doubt the word of God. Genesis 3.1 says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, he's a devil, did God really say don't touch that tree? He, did he really mean what he said? He kept talking to her, talking to her, and got her to believe his lie. He got her to doubt the word of God, and when he did, the whole human race was plunged into sin, and the fellowship with God was broken, you see? And, and Jesus had to come and reconcile a man back to God. Doubting the word of God. This is authoritative word of God. This is a non-negotiable. Now, there's some things, that, that uh, everything in the Bible is essential, but there are some things that are really non-negotiable. And one is the authoritative word of God. If you, if you don't believe this book is the word of God, and God breathed and, and infallible and inerrant and inspired and the only book God ever wrote, well, you got a massive problem on your hand. You got a massive problem on your hand. Uh, uh, what another, another strategy of Satan is uh, Satan always tempt believers. He tempt believers. Uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. If you go 40 days and for, uh, without food and nights without, without food, you will be hungry too. Satan came to Jesus at his weakest point in his physicality because he had real body right, and real blood, and it's weak. he was weak. He was hungry, 40 days and 40 nights. Now, when the tempter came to him at, at his most vulnerable time, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. Jesus fought Satan with the word of God. He didn't fight him with, with psychics and traditions and and Ouija boards, and all that kind of stuff. He, he fought Satan with the Word of God. But I want you to read in your quiet time Matthew 4, 1 through 11. You're going to see the rest of that passage where Satan was tempting Jesus, and Jesus withstood him, his temptation with the Word of the living God. So with that being said, i like to say this. Beloved, since Jesus was tempted by Satan, we will be tempted too. How's Jesus going to be tempted by Satan and we're never tempted by him? He tempts you to do a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And if we are honest with ourselves, we'll all be embarrassed if we just said what he tempted us to do within the last couple of weeks, a month. Some strange stuff, but you just know to resist so that in the spirit, so that he Satan would flee. Uh, then Satan tempts, entices Satan entices believers to believe his lies he entices believers to believe his lies John 8 says you are of your father the devil and he and the desires of your father you want to do he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him he's a personification of lying he's the ultimate liar He's the father of lies. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar. The devil is a liar and the father of it, of it. He's, he's a lying devil. He's a lying devil. Some little cute little girl, come lay with me. Or some little boy, you think, handsome, muscular. I don't care if he plays sports or whatever. And you're talking about, if you love me, you lay. No, you, you get away from me. My Bible don't say that. People will lie to you to get what they want. The whole system is built on lies. L- lies. You know you, you, I, you, the big, the commercial. These great big burgers. You get a great big burgers, and you, you don't go through the drive-through because they take your money, and then you, you look. You say when you get home, you say, "Well, where's the buns? You know, well, where's the meat? Where's the beef?" You know, and then some burgers look so delicious with but, but mushroom, mushrooms on it and bacon and cheese and all. Now, don't y'all start thinking about food. Keep your mind on the message now. But, <laughs> but, but all this, and then when you go get that burger, it's about the size of a quarter. My little grandson can eat five of those things. That's the, they make them so big on the paper, you look at it, what's this little scrunchy little thing? Just lies, lies, lies. Just lies off top down. Politicians lie. Pundit, professional folk lie. Folk with PhDs and uh, the seats of higher learning in academia lie and re the children. Lies in cartoons, lies in movies, lies by celebrities. Lie, lie, lies. And if you don't know what's truth, you will eat that lie. You will eat that lie. Satan's aim is to deceive saints. He's a great deceiver. First Timothy 4:1 says, the spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith, they will leave and disown Christ. They will walk away from the church, walk away from God and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons, things are d- demonic in nature, things that are not of God, but people are seduced because they don't know the word of God, so they get deceived.
0: Please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.